morning. How is everyone today? It's kind of a stupid question because I'm not going to listen to your responses really individually. Um, so uh, I'm Andy or Andrew. I don't know why my name's up, but I kind of like it. Um, so my name's Andrew Williams. Um, uh, if you don't know me, um, I've been at this church for about eight years, I think now. Uh, I am married to Stephanie, who, I don't know, she's here. She may well be out with our amazing, beautiful uh, little boy, Finn, who is, <laughs> I mean, Rachel was like, he's my best friend. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we have a four-month-old little boy called Finn, who is uh, just the picture of cuteness. Um, I think he's amazing. And um, when you meet him, you will too. And, um, and yeah, so uh, I'm here to speak, um, surprise, surprise, uh, about worship. And um, worship's kind of this huge, massive topic, um, which um, if we were to kind of unpack and go into, we could talk about it for, well, until the end of time, but really to kind of do it properly, we need about a month to talk about this thing um, of worship, because uh, just worship is everything. I I, I imagine worship um, a bit like a torch that you're holding that you can never turn off. You're always illuminating something. You're always shining it at something. That's like worship. We're always worshiping something. We're always giving worth to something. It's just what what are we looking at? What are we pointing at? Uh, in which direction are we worshiping? Um, you can't turn it off. It's just happening because we're built for worship. We're created for it. Um, it's who we are. Um, I just remembered that uh, if I hold the microphone here, everyone gets really angry at me at the back. And so I'm not, I'm going to do this. There we go. Um, so, um, so talking about worship is kind of this weird thing because if, we, if it's always happening, then it is about everything. And we know that. I've, I've ran enough uh, kind of conversations and uh, team nights with worship leaders and stuff like that where I say, what is worship? And everyone says, oh, it's our life. It's not a song. It's our life. And um, that's totally true. But what that actually looks like uh, is is way more difficult than just saying it. Um, what, what the reality of that statement is, is completely different to us all knowing in theory, worship is everything. And, um, and this morning, um, I actually don't really want to unpack what worship in terms of our life looks like. Um, you know that there's always a song happening. Um, there's always something happening. Worship is constantly going on. If you go on, uh, if you go on the NASA website right now, you can hear the sounds that the planets are making. Um, they are obviously... I'm not a scientist. I had a, a little chat with David Clark, who's way cleverer than I am, about these things. And I was like, dude... Um, can I check some stuff with you? Because um, I just want to make sure it's right. But um, obviously, sound waves can't travel through the vacuum of space. And um, so what they do is uh, these, these planets, uh, everything releases an, an electromagnetic uh, thing that you can pick up and turn into sound waves or something like that. Um, that's the sciences I get. I got a D in science. So um, you're welcome. Go to David Clark if you want any clarification on any of the science that I, uh, that I talk about this morning. Um, he didn't agree to that, by the way, so that's going to be awkward. Um, but, but planets are, are literally, right now, 
the, the stars and the planets are singing a song. They're making a noise. They're responding. Creation is responding constantly um, to, to, to the creator. Um, and you see it, Psalm, Psalm 148, praise him. Sun, moon, praise him. Bright, shining stars, praise him. The highest heavens. The, the, the stars, the planets are singing. They're responding. They're worshiping. Um, they're making a noise. They're, they're, they're choosing to praise um, right now. Um, there's a song happening in Revelation 5. The, the elders are currently gathered around the throne, singing, worshiping the Lord. They're gathered around the Lamb. They're worshiping. There is a song. There is a song happening right now, everywhere. And, uh, and so I, I don't want to talk about this kind of like, what does my life look like in worship? I want to talk about the song that's constantly happening. The song that's happening right now, right here. It will be happening tomorrow morning. It will be happening on Wednesday. It will be happening when you go to work. It will be happening when you've had a really bad day. It will be happening when you've had a really good day. And I think our worship is how we engage with that song. It's how we join in with the chorus, the symphony of worship, the symphony of praise that is happening Everywhere, creation is singing. The heavens are singing. Are we going to sing? Are we, we going to join in with that song, with that symphony? And, and, you know, I was sat here this morning just as we were worshiping and what everything Josh was saying. I was kind of like, this is basically what I want to say. This is everything. I almost, I was pretty close to being like, let's just keep doing this because I, th this is all I have to say. I have nothing else to say other than this. Um, but there is a song always happening. You know that the Father is singing over you right now. We can't get away with a song. We know, we know, that, we know that worship isn't only a song, but sometimes we use that as an excuse to, to unengage with the song that is happening. We say, oh, you know, this is, this is, worship's happening all the time. It's not about a song, therefore I don't need to sing. Worship is a song as well as a life. And, and uh, all you have to do is read this book, and it's pretty intrinsically linked. Uh, singing, song, joy, joyful noise, dancing. Uh, it, all, it all can be turned into worship, and it all is an expression of our worship. Um, I, uh, I, I found this out really um, kind of accidentally um, I, when, uh, when Finn, we didn't know if Finn was going to be a little boy or a little girl. We didn't know anything about Finn until he was born, but the father did. And, um, and I found myself um, just wanting to write a little song. I spent quite a lot of time away from my wife when, when um, she was pregnant. Um, I went on a few little trips, and I, um, I decided to write a song for my child and record that song so that, that, that Steph could sit and play the song when I wasn't around so baby could hear my voice and stuff like that. So I did that and Steph, I'm sure, would say that the first time she heard it, she really liked the song and by the 50th time of playing that song, uh, it probably got a bit annoying. Um, but um, I, I wrote the song and played it and I was sat in my garden uh, still before Finn was born. Um, probably about two or three weeks before he was born, I was sat in, in the garden of where I live and, and I was just praying and I was thinking about this song. And um, I was like, oh, I just, I love that I got to write this song um, over, over my son. And the father said, Andy, um, just so you know, uh, you didn't write that song. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm going to get royalties for it. <laughs> like, that's, it's mine. And he said, he said, no, 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 no. He said, I wrote that song for you. You heard the song, and now you're singing it over your, your child. 
And there's this song that I, that, that I can sing, and, and one day I will sing it. Um, uh, but there's this song that was going on. The Father wrote it for me, and all, all I did, I think that's all songwriters, psalmists really do. We just capture the songs that, that are already being sung in heaven, and, um, and we, we put them into our hands as a, as a church. And, um, and so um, there's a song. There's a song always happening. And I want to talk about worship in this context this morning, in the context of this room. I like to think of uh, Sunday as a bit like Christmas. Um, for the rest of the week, we are family, um, we are church, but on a Sunday, we gather together. And there's a different dynamic to us at this time. There's a different dynamic to our family. There's a different dynamic to what that looks like, a bit like at Christmas. I am still my brother's brother all year round. I just never see him. And at Christmas, we get together. And for us, and I understand Christmas is different for, for every single person in this room, uh, but for me, Christmas is a time where the family get together and we uh, play games, we have fun, we fall out, we make up, we eat food, we wash up, we fall out. And, um, and, and, and I think that's a pretty good picture of church sometimes. Um, but, but, but the dynamic is that we're together and we gather together. And, um, and I think on a Sunday morning, we get an opportunity to do something that we don't get to do the rest of the time. It doesn't make it any less important or more important. It's different. And we get to come together and we get to worship the Lord together, standing next to each other. We're in the same room with different preferences, different likes. I like this kind of music. I don't like music at all. I want this kind of volume. I want that volume. I don't like the lights. I like the lights. I really appreciate if there was a smoke machine. All of those kind of things. I don't think anyone thinks that, by the way. Um, even the guys leading worship, it's like, uh, I can't see anyone anymore. <laughs> this is really difficult. Um, so, um, so on a Sunday morning, we get to gather together. And, um, and that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit about this morning. But I also just want to do it. Um, and I mean, I'm, it's 10 to you now. I'm not going to speak for that much longer, hopefully. But, um, but we've already been doing it. Where we were this morning, what Josh was saying, what Soph was saying. Um, I think it's about hunger. The question that I'm asking myself at the moment is how hungry am I? How hungry am I to worship? How hungry am I for his presence? We, uh, we often gather, I don't know if you see us as a team, when we, when we, uh, just before we'll, we'll go up onto the stage and lead worship. We'll just gather down there and we'll pray together. And for the last month or so, I'm going to be totally honest, I have been asking myself, why do we do this? Like, why do we gather and pray? Is it because it's just the thing that we do? Because if, uh, if it's just the thing that we do, I don't want to do it. I want there to be life in it. I want to be led into it by a hunger to encounter Jesus. If, if it's just because we're, we're, we know that at 20 past, it's like, cool, it's time to pray, then there's no life in it. And, and I don't want that. I want the presence of Jesus. I'm not bothered about religion. I'm not bothered about just doing things for the sake of doing them anymore. I want to encounter Jesus every single time I worship him, every second of every day. When we get together, I want to worship Jesus. I don't want to just sing some songs. I want to worship him. I want to encounter him, and I want to leave changed by him. And that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about being changed. Worship is a weapon. We wield it to fight. Um, and um, we were talking about that this morning, and 2 Chronicles 20 is just the, the picture of this. When, uh, when King Jehoshaphat was up against it, there was an army coming against him. I'll just read this tiny little passage, which I wasn't planning to do until we, uh, we talked about it earlier. But there's an army coming against, against uh, Judah. 
And he does not know what to do. He gathers everyone together and worships. And it says this. It says uh, in uh, chapter 21, Praise the Lord. His love is eternal. They started praising him. After consulting with the people, the king ordered some of the sacred, uh, some of the musicians to put on the robes they wore um, on sacred occasions and to march ahead of the army, singing praise to the Lord. 27. When they began to sing, the Lord threw the invading armies into panic. When they sang, it was the, the, their song was the weapon that they used. You will not have to fight this fight, the Lord said. Just stand and sing. And that's all you need to do. See what I'll, see what I'll do on, my, on your behalf, he said. And so the song that's happening all around, the song that we get to join in with on a Sunday morning is more than just a song. It's powerful. It changes things. We wrote a song, a couple of us, that we sang once or twice. Things are going to change when I start to worship. They will. It just happens because I'm lifting my eyes away from these things and onto this thing. I'm choosing with my torch, not to point it at the things that are taking my attention. Maybe I'm, I'm fearful of them, but I'm choosing to shine, to illuminate the King of Kings. And, uh, and I want to do that this morning. We started doing it, but I want to do it again. Um, yeah, there's a sound, there's a song that's always happening. Uh, you know, we, we sang a song earlier, um, uh, Hallelujah, praise the one who saved my soul. The uh, root word, the, the Hebrew word for this halal is, is this amazing word, which actually every psalm ends with this word. And um, it basically is uh, this kind of extravagant, no hold bar, joyous, ridiculous, jumping, dancing, shouting, celebrating. I'm looking like an idiot, but I don't care because I'm worshiping the Lord. Um, it's, uh, yeah, halal, to be foolish, to celebrate, to boast, to act madly. It's the same, same kind of picture that, that Josh spoke about just before we stood up. And it's the root word for hallelujah. So when we're singing hallelujah, praise the one who saved my soul. Guys, we can't just sing that just on the back foot. We can't just be like, hallelujah. Praise the one who saved my soul. Like, we, we can't do it like that. We can't sing it like that. The word means... I'm going to get a bit mad about this. I'm going to get a bit joyful about this. I need to shake off the shackles and sing like it's everything I've got because it is everything we've got. And on a Sunday, this thing I love about Sundays, the thing I love about families, it's Christmas Day. We get to come together. And for 30 minutes, it's not long, 30 minutes, we get to go crazy for Jesus. We get to jump in. We get to come and we get to go, oh, you know what? I need to be here when that countdown hits zero, because I've got, I've got half an hour to pour everything out with my family. It's different than when I pour myself out at home. It's different than when I'm spending quiet time with Jesus. It's all worship, and it all happens all the time, because the song's always happening. But on a Sunday morning, I've got half an hour. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to come prepared. I'm going to get myself in a position where I can see Jesus, because I know Jesus is coming. In uh, Luke 19, I couldn't get this, this, uh, this story out of my head, and I didn't know how it, how it related to worship. But, um, but I, I think it might do now. Um, but it says this, uh, Jesus went uh, on into Jericho and was passing through. There was a chief tax collector there named Zacchaeus who was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was a little man. And he could not see Jesus because of the crowd. 
I think it's so easy, like, to, to, I don't know about you, but when I'm, when I come on a Sunday morning, I experienced it this morning. Um, I, uh, for the first time in a little while, wasn't leading worship, and, um, and Steph was here, and I just said, hey, Steph, do you want me to take Finn so you can just worship freely? You don't have to worry about a crying baby or feeding him or whatever. So I just took Finn to the back, and, I mean, thankfully, he just fell asleep, so I was able to just kind of go for it. But, um, but so, you know, sometimes it's really easy because of stuff that happens. Um, because of on a Sunday morning, you know, we're all from different places. We've all got different things going on. Family, arguments, cars run out of petrol, I really need my coffee. Um, all of these different things that happen. It's really easy. It's like the crowd that just kind of gets in the way. And, um, and Zacchaeus um, here, he can't see Jesus. There's a crowd in the way. And so what does Zacchaeus do? He does this. So he ran ahead of the crowd, and he climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus, who was going to pass that way. And uh, I was kind of like, Jesus, what does this have anything to do with worship? Like, I don't understand. Uh, I don't really get it. And, um, and as I was praying about it, I was like, so guys, he, he, he didn't care what it looked like. He, he got in the way. And it says here that, um, it says here that he, he ran ahead of the crowd. And I always thought, in my picture, there was Zacchaeus, there was a crowd of people, and there was a tree right next to the crowd of people. And he climbed the tree, and then he looked, and he saw Jesus, and then Jesus saw him. But it says here that he ran ahead of the crowd. So he decided, he was like, okay, so the crowd's over here with Jesus. Over there is a tree. If I climb that tree, when Jesus gets there, I'll be able to see him. So he runs ahead. He climbs the tree. I want you to imagine you're, you're sat washing your pots in your kitchen. You look out the window, and there's just an empty road, and there's a tree. And, and you, see, you see this tiny little guy who you, who you don't really like. No one likes this guy because he's a tax collector. Just climbing a tree and then just sat there waiting for absolutely no reason because you can't see the crowd. You're just like, why is, why is he climbing a tree? That's really weird. Why is he doing that? And he just waits. He waits for Jesus to come by. He puts himself in a position to see Jesus. But he has to wait until Jesus gets there with that crowd, and then he can see him. And I think there's a really cool picture of worship sometimes when we're like, you know what? I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to climb a tree just to put myself on a collision course with Jesus, just to be there when he walks past. I want to see him. I want to put myself in a position to see him. I was thinking about that in the context of this. We have 30 minutes every week. I would love it. And this is a challenge to me. This is a challenge for us as a family um, where I want to be there. I want to be there ready to go. As soon as that clock hits 10.30, I'm going to jump in, all in. I got 30 minutes and I can't hold this song back. I can't do it. Um, About two years ago, I experienced one of the most incredible, um, passionate, experiences of worship that I've, um, that I've experienced, if I'm being completely honest, in this room. Um, it was the 3rd of July, um, 2018. Uh, I remember the date. Uh, that's how much of an impact it had on me. And um, there was only about 10 of us, about 10 of us in this room. And um, the meeting had overrun. Um, it had gone on longer than I, than I thought it would, and it was a lot later than I thought it would. But we had hung around. We had stayed because... It was worth it. And, um, and uh, the place erupted with, with that halal worship, with that I raise a hallelujah, with that 
completely undignified, shouting, screaming, jumping, crying, hugging, high fives, everything. Like we just went for it. I seen people shout that I'd never seen shout before. It was incredible. And uh, I tell you what, when Eric Dyer scored the winning penalty in that game, England won a, a penalty shootout in a World Cup for the first time ever. I just couldn't hold back what was inside me anymore. I just couldn't do it. He scored, it went in, everyone erupted. We ran down to the front, it was on the big screen, and we went crazy. England had won a penalty shootout. They were through to the next round of the World Cup. And I was like, why is that? Why is that? When I think back, why is that? One of the most extravagant times of worship in my life. I was just worshiping a guy who kicked a ball in the net. And I thought about this, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, I, I found myself thinking about this. I don't want football fans all over the country to worship their football team with greater energy and with greater passion than I worship my Savior. I don't want that. There's about 15 people over here who agree with that. But it's true. I, I'm challenging myself because... Um, it's just how I am. I just wanted to share my heart this morning. Um, but I don't want that. I don't want, I don't want to be learning how to worship from a football fan. Who, you know, most of those football fans, if I got them up on stage and was like, here's a mic, could you sing? No, I don't sing. Send them to Anfield, guarantee you they're all belting. You never walk alone at the top of their voice every single week because they're worshiping their football team. We have a savior. <laughs> we have a healer. We have a restorer. We have someone who is on our side all the time, who is good every second of every day. He's so much more worthy of our praise, so much more worthy of our song. If you're not a singer, that's okay. That's fine. You might be sat here thinking, well, it's okay for you to say, Andy, you're a singer. I was like, yeah, I am. But like, I, I don't really like going to the dentist, but I, I still go because I, I have to. It's in this book. Worship the Lord. Sing to him a new song. You can't get away from it in the Psalms. It doesn't matter if you're the world's greatest singer or if you're not. Yeah, the Father's not looking for great singers. He's not working for businessmen. He's not looking for, for poets or, uh, or anything. He is seeking worshipers. That's it. That's all he wants. People who worship him. People who pour out their heart to him. And um. Guys, can, can we come up? We've, we've got, like, not long. <laughs> but that's all right. Because it, it actually doesn't matter about time. It doesn't matter how long we worship for. It matters about the, the hunger for worship. Am I just going to absolutely go for it? You know, sometimes we can be like, hey, I just want to worship for 45 minutes. You can, you can worship 45 minutes. You can, you can also worship for five minutes and get the same thing. It's about my hunger, not the amount of time. It's about how hungry I am, how desperate I am. And um, I just want to worship Jesus this morning. It's 12.03, which means there's a slide that's going to go up at about 12.14, which is going to be cool. It's now time to collect your kids. So we've got, I don't know, 10 minutes. And I just want to worship Jesus for 10 minutes. Is that okay? But I want to do it with hunger. I want to pour everything out like we were doing earlier on um guys i know i know i asked you to sing a song oh i don't know if they can hear me um i asked you to sing a song could we sing um could we sing uh living hope instead is that all right thanks
I love being in charge. This is great. Um, <laughs> um, I just want to read. I just want to read this one thing. If you want to stand, please stand. If you don't, then don't. But um, but just put yourself in a position like Zacchaeus did. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. I'm going to climb a tree. If you've never been down to the front before, and you're like, ah, I just don't know the point. I don't see the point. Climb a tree. Get, get, get out of your comfort zone. Put yourself in a position to be like, I'm just going to leave my comfort behind. I want to see Jesus. Seeing Jesus is way more important than my comfort zone right now. I want to see him. And we're going to see what happens when we do, when we come with hunger. And uh, I'm just going to read a quote. This is from a, a theologian that's way cleverer than me. But just turn your eyes upon Jesus right now. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. No pictures are sufficient to express the full truth about him. Not even biblical ones. In intercession, he is both the one praying and the one being prayed to. In justice, he is the policeman, the judge, the jury, the defense lawyer, and the one who receives the punishment. In the tabernacle, he is both Aaron and the goat, as in an astonishing twist which no one saw coming, the high priest and the sacrifice on the altar turn out to be the same person. In the family, he is father, mother, son, and husband. He is unknowable and known. He is invisible and revealed. Lion and lamb, prince of peace and man of war, wrathful and joyful, strength and song, holy and gracious, prophet, priest, and king. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Just start to, to worship him this morning, church. We have eight minutes. Pour out your hearts to him for eight minutes. It's just eight minutes. Eight minutes. Jesus, we worship you. Pour out your hearts. Come on, church. We can sing louder than this. We can sing louder than this. We can. We can. I know we can. We can sing louder. Jesus, Jesus, oh, we need you. 